Welcome to Truth 101 with Dr. Greg Ammons, a podcast which examines tenets of the Christian faith in a systematic way. Dr. Ammons serves as a local church pastor and professor of theology in the undergraduate, master's, and doctoral levels, bringing years of experience into the theological arena. Now, here's Dr. Ammons. Who said so? That was a question I had whenever I was a boy, and my brother would show up and tell me to do something. And my first question was, who said so? Did did mom or dad say that, or did you say that? And really, the authority of the one speaking makes all the difference. Hi, this is Dr. Greg Ammons. Welcome to Truth 101, where we look at the doctrines of the Christian faith in a systematic way. And in this podcast, we're now beginning the 600 series of Truth 101, in which we look at God's Word, the, the Bible itself. How do we know that the Bible is God speaking? How do we know that the authority behind what we have in Scripture itself is the authority of Almighty God? In this series, it's going to be a, a pretty lengthy series. There are a lot of issues that we, we need to deal with. The authority of Scripture. The, we'll look at the canon of Scripture. How do we get to get our Bible in, in its current form? We'll look at God's words and the various forms of His words. Is the Bible the only way God speaks to us today? We'll answer that question. In this series, we'll look at the inerrancy of Scripture. How do we know that what we have has no errors in it. We'll talk about the clarity of Scripture. Is it possible to know the Bible and understand the Bible? And, and then we'll talk about the, the sufficiency of Scripture. Is the Bible alone enough? And then I will talk later on in this series about a commitment to Scripture and our personal response to it. So let's get started in the 600 series looking at the, the doctrine of the Bible of God's Word. And the first question we're going to ask in this first podcast is, how do we know that the Bible is God's Word? Who said so? Who's the authority? Now, we're living in a culture today that, is, that devalues God's Word. A culture that looks at what God has said and they either ignore it or redefine it or try to say, well, he didn't mean that, or they try to say the words, they don't apply to our culture, to our day. They're words of antiquity, and they're not words of con contemporary culture. And so it's, it's incumbent upon Christians, I believe today, to realize that Scripture is authoritative. As the Baptist faith and message states, salvation, uh, rather, uh, Scripture has God as its author, salvation as its end, and truth without mixture of error for its content. And so that's my, that's my assertion of, of the Bible and my belief about what Scripture is. But why do I believe that? Is it just a blind faith that the Bible's right, the Bible's God's words? Or are there reasons I believe that? And there are many reasons I believe that. In this 600 series, we'll start, we'll start looking at some of those. And I think the first question in, in answering how do we know that the Bible is God's Word, 
I think we need to ask, what does the whole Bible teach us about itself? What does the Bible say about itself? I believe most Christians today would agree that the Bible is our authority in some sense. Some say, well, it's our final authority. Some say it's our full authority. Some say it has limited authority. And I think most Christians would agree that the Bible is, is our authority in some sense. But in exactly what sense does the Bible claim authority over our lives? In what sense does the Bible claim that it can have, that it needs to be the sole source I look to to form my opinions and to form my values and believe what I believe? How do we become persuaded that the claims of Scripture are indeed the words of God? So let's, let's get started in, in answering these questions. And I think the first premise that we must come to agree upon is the authority of Scripture means that all the words in the Bible are God's words. And in such, to disbelieve them or disobey any word of Scripture is to disbelieve God or disobey God. Let me say that again. The authority of Scripture means all the words in the Bible are God's words in such a way that to disbelieve or disobey any word of Scripture is to disbelieve or disobey God. Now, why do I make that premise and upon what, what basis do I make that assertion? Well, first of all, the Bible claims that all of its words are God's words. That's a claim that the Bible itself makes. Hundreds of verses claim that the Bible's words are God's words. Those aren't my, those aren't my words. That's what the Bible says about itself. Whether or not someone begins with a conviction that the Bible's words are God's words to us, Every interested reader should at least acknowledge that the Bible frequently claims itself that its words are God's words. Now, whether you believe that or not, that's, that's up to you. That's a faith assertion. I believe it because the Bible makes claims that it is God's words. So, such claims are clearly evident from the texts. Whether a person first approaches the Bible believes those claims or not, the Bible makes the claims. These are the words of God. And it begins in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, it, the phrase, thus says the Lord, frequently introduces a statement. Hundreds of times. In fact, 417 times in the ESV, the Old Testament says, thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. So there, there you have an immediate claim that what, what follows is the Word of God and are the words of God. In the world of the Old Testament, this phrase, thus says the Lord, would have been recognized as identical in form to the phrase, for example, thus says the King. 
that phrase was used to, to preface the edict of a king to his subjects or an edict that could not be challenged or could not be questioned, simply need to be obeyed, not questioned, but simply obeyed. And they would say, thus says the king. It was not up for debate. It was not up for you to question it. Your only task was to obey it. So into that culture now, the Bible makes the assertion, not thus says the king, but thus says the Lord. So therefore, when the prophets in the Old Testament say, thus says the Lord, they are claiming to be messengers from the sovereign king of Israel, namely Yahweh himself. And they are claiming that their words are the absolute authoritative words of God himself. So when a prophet spoke in God's name in this way, every word he spoke had to come from God or else he would have been a false prophet. That is stated in Numbers 22:38, Deuteronomy 18, 18 to 20, Jeremiah 1, Jeremiah 14, Jeremiah 23, 29, Ezekiel 2, Ezekiel 13. Many times throughout the Old Testament, basically, if his words did not come true, he was a false prophet. So whenever prophets stood and said, thus says the Lord, he had to speak the words of God or he would be false and his words would not come true but every word prophets spoke in the Old Testament came true so immediately immediately in the Old Testament we have the authority of what God has spoken now let's go to the New Testament is there authority in the words there well, in the New Testament, there are a number of passages that indicate that all of the Old Testament writings are indeed God's words, but let me mention only two of them for sake of time. The first one is 2 Timothy 3.16. Many of you are familiar with it. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God or God breathed and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training or instruction in righteousness. 2 Timothy 3.16 Now in this passage, the word scripture, when it says all scripture is given, it's the Greek word graphe, G-R-A-P-H-E. You probably see the English cognate in there. Graphe must refer to the Old Testament. For that is what the word graphe refers to in every one of 51 different occurrences in the New Testament. It's referring to the Old Testament. So if that's the case, then the Bible itself in 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us the entire Old Testament is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness. Furthermore, the sacred writings of the Old Testament are what Paul had just referred to in verse 15 before we even get to verse 16. So here in 2 Timothy, Paul is affirming that all of the Old Testament writings are what's called theonoustos in Greek, God breathed out. So since its writings are said to be breathed out, the Old Testament, 
This breathing must be understood as a metaphor for speaking God's words of Scripture. The verse thus states in brief form that what was evident in many passages in the Old Testament, Paul is claiming that the Old Testament writings are God's words in written form. Every word of the Old Testament, God is the one who spoke and still speaks, although God used human agents to write the words down. So, 2 Timothy 3.16 is one of the New Testament passages in which we see this. Second passage, 2 Peter 1.21. 2 Peter 1.21. In, in this one verse, speaking of the prophecies of Scripture, verse 20, it means at least the Old Testament scriptures to which Peter encourages readers to give careful attention to. He said that in verse 19. Peter says that no Old Testament prophecy was ever, quote, produced by the will of man, end quote. But that men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now, what did Peter mean by that? It's not Peter's intention to deny completely human volition or personality in the writing of Scripture. We'll talk about that later. Instead, Peter is claiming that the ultimate source of every Old Testament prophecy was never a man's decision about what he wanted to say or write. It was the Holy Spirit's action in the prophet's life that carried out that it was that it was carried out in in many different ways. So Peter is saying that nobody in the Old Testament ever just spoke the words they wanted to say. They all spoke God's words as the Holy Spirit carried them. So Peter is saying all the Old Testament prophecies are spoken from God and that they are God's words. So we, we have it very clearly. Many times in the Bible says, and God said, and God declares, Scripture says. Many, many times throughout the Bible, those phrases are used. So immediately we have, we're met with the fact that the authority of the Bible itself claims that these are the words of God. Now one objection a lot of people may say, wait a minute, what about 1 Corinthians 7.12? What about that verse where Paul distinguishes his words from God's words? You remember when Paul said to the rest of you, I say, well, not I. I'm saying this, not the Lord. And a proper understanding of that passage, I believe, is gained if you look at it in the context of verses 25 to 40. 1 Corinthians 7, 12 is the verse we're talking about. In verse 25, Paul says he has no command of the Lord concerning the unmarried, but he'll give his opinion. This must mean that he had possession of no earthly word that Jesus had spoken on the subject, and probably also that he had received no subsequent revelation from Jesus about it. So this is unlike the situation in verses 10 and 11, where he could simply repeat the content of Jesus' earthly teaching, which is the wife shall not separate from her husband and the husband should not divorce his wife. Thus, verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 7 
must mean that Paul has no record of any earthly teaching of Jesus on the subject of a believer who's married to an unbelieving spouse. Therefore, Paul gave his own instruction, and that's why he said, to the rest of you I say, well, I, not the Lord, that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever and she is con consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. So there, there may be one objection I wanted to address that people say, well, Paul didn't always speak God's words. Yes, he did. And in this one case where he said, there's not a previous teaching of Jesus on it, let me share with you my opinion. But even in that opinion, God turned around and made a part of Holy Scripture. Now, let's go to our second thought concerning the premise, and that the, the first thought being that the Bible itself declares the, the Word of God to be God's words. Here's the second assertion. To disbelieve or disobey any word of Scripture is to disbelieve or disobey God. Now, we've argued so far that the words in the Bible are God's words. We've seen how Scripture claims that. And consequently, to disbelieve or disobey any word of Scripture is to disbelieve or disobey God. And Jesus can rebuke His disciples for not believing the Old Testament Scriptures, which He did in Luke 24, 25. And in John 15, 20, believers are to keep or obey the disciples' words. John 15, 20 says, if they kept my word, they will also keep yours. So Christians are encouraged to remember the commandment of the Lord through your apostles, in 2 Peter 3, 2. To disobey Paul's writings was to make oneself liable to church discipline. Excommunication, according to 2 Timothy 3.14. Spiritual punishment, according to 2 Corinthians 13.2 and 3. Including punishment from God. 1 Corinthians 14.38. And by contrast, Isaiah 66.2, God delights in everyone who, quote, trembles at His word, end quote. So, throughout the history of the church, the greatest preachers have been those who recognize that their primary task was to bring the powerful words of God in Scripture to bear on the hearts and minds of the hearers. That's, that's my task and my goal. Every Sunday as I stand to preach, the Bible itself is to bring God's words to intersect our lives in how we live, the hearts and the minds of the hearers. And every preacher, I believe, that does that is, has recognized that the actual words of Scripture have more spiritual power than any merely human words or human wisdom. And therefore, our sermons have focused on explaining the text and relating real-life stories, not just to entertain you, but rather to illustrate how the text has made a difference in, in my life and the lives of so many other people. So, week after week, the people who hear such preaching regularly experience how the Word of God, as Hebrews 4.12 says, is active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. 
I love what Jeremiah 23, 29 says. The word of God is like a hammer that breaks rocks into pieces. It is the very word of God which God says, Isaiah 55, 11, shall not return to me void, but will accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. One other thought before we close uh, this, this uh, podcast, the initial podcast on, on Scripture itself. One, one other word about the Bible itself claiming to be the Word of God. And that is, whenever you and I read the Bible itself, we are convinced of the Bible's claims to be God's words. You know, it's one thing to affirm that the Bible claims to be the words of God, but it's another thing to be convinced yourself that those claims are true. Our ultimate conviction that the words of the Bible are God's words comes only when the Holy Spirit speaks in and through those words of the Bible to our hearts as we're reading them and gives the inner assurance, these are the words of your Creator speaking to you. Man, how many times through the years have I picked up the Bible and started reading it and I was just overwhelmed with a sense of God is speaking to me. How many times have you picked up the Bible, started reading, and you had the profound sense your Creator is speaking to you. Man, I felt that so many times. So we even have the own conviction and being convinced of the Bible's claims ourselves just as we read it ourselves. And, and, and of course, 1 Corinthians 2.14, Paul says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit. They're folly to him. He's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. But for those of us in whom God's Spirit is at work and we're reading His Word, we recognize these words we're reading, they're power, they're special. There's something different about them. So it's important to remember, I believe, this conviction, the words of Scripture, the words of God, doesn't come apart from Scripture itself. It comes in addition to what we've been reading from Scripture. So, it's not as if the Holy Spirit one day whispers in your ear, uh, do you see that the Bible's sitting on your desk? I want you to read those words. They're God's words. No, you pick it up and you start reading it. And it becomes very apparent, very clearly, these words are different. You are listening to your Creator's voice speaking to you in the words of Scripture, and in the words of that book. Well, God bless you today. I, I hope this has been a benefit to you. and Look forward to you joining us again in our next podcast in the 600 series as we continue to talk about the authority of God's Word. God bless you. See you next time. You have been listening to Truth 101 with Dr. Greg Ammons. We hope you have enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on recent sermons by Dr. Ammons, go to www.fbcgarland.org and join us next time for Truth 101.